1: Welcome to Dr. Mara Karpel and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmarakarpel.com. And today is Sunday, December the 3rd, 2023, and I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Karpel, and we are back live with a very special show for you. And Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here, of course, to make the show run smoothly as usual. And in a little while after the break, we'll be joined from L.A. by filmmaker and actress, Susie Singer-Carter. And Susie and I will be having a conversation for the entire show. Um, So it's a special show. We're going to extend the time of the interview. And we'll be talking about her new documentary film, No Country for Old People. This is a film based on Susie's own lived experience as a family caregiver for her mother in a nursing home and it shows the dark side of even the best of the nursing homes and hopefully we can talk about what we can do. After the show, you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight along with all of the website links that we discuss on the program. And you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. You'll also be able to hear it on Apple Podcasts. And for information about previous programs and to listen to previous programs, you can go to drmaricarpel.com. You can go to blogtalkradio.com/slash-yourgoldenyears, and you can go to Apple Podcasts and hear all the shows for the last ten years. And be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Maricarpel, Your Golden Years, for upcoming programs and events. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment and Psyched Up Productions. So we're going to take a very brief break just to play our other sponsors' commercials, but it'll be very brief, so don't go anywhere, because right after the break, we'll be joined right here by Susie Singer-Carter. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Super Psychologist Dr. Mara Karpel will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed services or supplies you never received. There are three easy things you can do to prevent fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and look for any suspicious activity for more information or to report fraud. Call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or call your local Medicare SHIP program at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years live from Austin, Texas. Every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. dot com.
2: All
1: right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Maricarpel in your Golden Years, right here on blogtalkradio.com dot com and on Dr. dot com. And now joining us on the phone from L. A. is filmmaker and actress Susie Singer Carter. Um, to talk about her new documentary, No Country for Old People. Welcome,
0: Susie.
3: Well, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a while. So excited. Thank you. Me me too.
1: I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for being here. I just want to mention for you and also for... I don't hear you. Somehow I got muted. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I didn't hear you for
3: a second. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: So I was just saying um, for you and for the listeners to know, it's good um, It's good for you to know there's a slight delay when we talk like this. Just to keep that in mind.
3: So how are you doing this evening? This well, afternoon over I'm, there. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes I'll, I'll get you through the two two-second delay if I'm jumping. <laughs> but. Um, no, it's it's afternoon and it's beautiful and I'm doing good. I'm in the middle as as I have been for the last year editing this project, No Country for Old People. So we're um, we're inching closer to to really buttoning it up and um, and seeing we see the light at the end of this long tunnel because it's such a big Fantastic. big project and a big topic, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've
1: seen on uh, on your Facebook uh, videos of you in the studio. So it's that's exciting. Um yes,
3: it's been my it's 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 literally like uh I I've been a prisoner of this <laughs> <laughs> because that's the nature of it and I and I'm very hand, obviously hands on every every second of this project which you know, I think is important to to Especially with a topic like this, to, to be really accurate and, mm-hmm. um, and as powerful as we can so that we can really get outside of the bubbles that, that, that we as caregivers find ourselves in. And, and you know and until you become a caregiver or one becomes a caregiver, or they become, you know one who is cared for. You, you really haven't you, you can't imagine the bubble until you're in, inside so i'm hoping to yeah. burst the bubble you know in in many ways and get and get some um, get people educated and and a better understanding of what the the health care system for our older and vulnerable really looks like yes you you're right
1: in every way <laughs> that you don't really know it until you, until you're there. Um, maybe before we jump into the, the, the meat of this topic, you can um, tell listeners a little bit about your background and also what led you to creating this documentary.
3: Of course. Um, I would love to. My You know, my mother, as briefly as possible, my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's mild of cognitive impairment initially in her late sixties and, um, she lived with Alzheimer's, which it, which it turns into and for 16 years and, um, which is a challenge. That's a whole nother topic, right? But, but last Mm -hmm. year was when I really got immersed into, to the, the, system the the elder care system of um, health care that I had no idea even though I thought I did you know I because I was very involved and I was my mom's main caregiver her conservator of per, person as they call it here in, in California when you you petition to become that legally um, you know take making sure that everything was was Taken care of her, her healthcare needs, her her, you know, living needs and her social needs. Everything, you know, in terms of the the kinds of facilities as she ended as she ultimately needed for memory care. Everything I was a part of that hands on from start to finish. But it wasn't mm-hmm. until la- until 2022. Still, while we were in COVID and the lockdown occurred, when I, my mom and I embarked on a six month, you know, journey of of nothing short of hell. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm -hmm. and that was really, you know, overwhelming, Mm -hmm. shocking, um, Mm -hmm. heartbreaking. And, um, and ultimately I lost, I lost the battle. And, and I thought, and I saw so many things, Marla, that, that, you know, as I I always say, I, I can't unsee them. I saw mm-hmm. them. And, and, you know, I'm, and I don't look for the bad. That's not my nature. I'm not combative. And I don't look for it. I always, you know, I, I like to come in and be the, 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 the breath of fresh air when I can be. And that was what I hoped to be for my mom. And, and I tell you, it, the challenge was it was overwhelming. It was Mm -hmm. to the point where Mm -hmm. you just, and you can understand why people just go, you just give in. It's, it's Stockholm syndrome. Mm -hmm. You just go, well, I Mm -hmm. can't fight this system. The system is too big. And, and so, you know, how do I truncate the story? Um, You know, I, my mom, I had seen my mom in January uh, mid mid January and um, got to visit her outside like we were allowed to do with masks and you know she didn't seem very she seemed like it, she was off but but she was still very you know responsive and and so forth and then 36 hours later she was admitted into the hospital with a stage 4 wound pressure wound sepsis pneumonia uh, 10% kidney mm. function she had to be intubated. They, they inserted a a feeding tube. um, And, and that began this horrible journey and trying to keep my mom alive until she didn't want to be alive and, and Mm -hmm. not, and not having the access that I needed to see what was really going on and being told and things happening, like the intubation, like the G-tube, without my permission. And then, you know, trying to to keep up. I felt like I was playing whack-a-mole, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, mm-hmm. and so I, um, finally, you know, my mother, I, during that six months, was released and sent back to the hospital six times before wow. she passed away, before she passed. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and each and every time uh, something else happened that was, you know, so egregious that you went, that I was afraid to tell people because they would think I was crazy. Right. Like Susie's lost it. She's unhinged. She's under too much stress. And, you know, I, um, it was so, I was so grateful because I do have a podcast, called Love Conquers Alls, A-L-Z, and one of my guests, who is now my partner on No Country for Old People, Rick Montcastle, who was the, I don't know if your audience if they've seen Hulu, Hulu's miniseries, Dope Sick, about the OxyContin mm-hmm. yep. um, situation yep. with Purdue, but he, Rick was, the, was, the, was portrayed by Peter Sarsgaard as the um, the lead prosecutor, Attorney General, Assistant Attorney General, who really mm-hmm. was responsible for taking Purdue down and really exposing them wow. for the truth, and when and then he also did that for Abbott Labs, which off-marketed Depakote to nursing homes to chemically restrain mm-hmm. our you know people. My mom was mm-hmm. a victim of Depakote. And um, when I found that out, and um, he did prosecute them, and it was one of the biggest single single drug prosecutions. It was a $1.5 billion settlement. Wow. Um, they I had him on my show to talk about, you know, the chemical restraints and, and what we're up against. And when I was telling him, this is right in the middle of my mother and my journey, and he's was the first to tell me I was up against a systemic crisis with the mm-hmm. healthcare system and that it wasn't, I, it, my mom's situation was not a one-off, you know, Mm-mm. I didn't know to me, it was like, well, what happened to this phenomenal five-star facility in Los Angeles? Like I thought my I had put my mom in the greatest place ever. I can sleep at night. Right. And, and little did I know, like, you know, she was suffering and, and, you know, I had no idea, and I thought, well, what, is this just because of COVID? Is it just because of this particular floor? What's going on? And he really pulled the curtain back and because he had prosecuted nursing homes for fraud and abuse for 20 years and never hadn't seen any change.
2: hmm Mm-hmm.
3: So, and I started to step back and take a bigger look at the picture. And as I did, I, I, everything that he said, I, I began to clock the gaslighting, the, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, all, all the things that go with it and, and, and really thought I need to learn why this is happening. And, and, and it's so much bigger than, it's not the individual Facilities. It's it's the business model which is nothing less than organized crime. It's just the way it is, and it's become that because it's such a. Yeah,
1: go on. No, I. I well, I, you finish finish your sentence, and then I have a question
3: to ask about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just that you know I to, in doing our my research and and I've, I've interviewed over over seventy five people for this uh, who are experts who have been you know high level advocates in congress for you know over five decades because the the, this problem is not new it's the same exact problem that was going on 50 years ago Mm -hmm. 60 Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. ago Mm -hmm. so i you know digging to the digging through and and talking to these people that have had this this information and has been speaking of this information for the for all these decades about the business model about the fact that you know we have private private you know equity which has no transparency, there's no oversight. The business model is set up to, make, to be an extraction model. And, you know, we as taxpayers are paying for 90% of, of you know, the care and the, the mm-hmm. functioning of a facility of, a, of you know, long-term care. And, and yet there's never enough money to take care of our loved ones as they should be right and and you know and so how what you have to follow the money and say where's that where is that money going because there's trillions of dollars where is it going well it's going to these corporations that aren't public they're you know they have they're private equity and they have there's no oversight there it's literally it's a free for all and so, so they yeah so the, the business model is crazy.
1: <laughs> so I have I have a question, and I want to talk about the long term care system. Um, and I know that's the focus of your film. But did you also because when you were talking about a living hell for six months, um, my mom was in a nursing home for two years, and I wouldn't say it was a living hell where she was. I was I had to be on it all the time, but I did. Come into a living hell when she was in the hospital for a month,
2: mm-hmm. and then went yes.
1: back two years later. And uh, luckily, she wasn't in the hospital for very long, but it was hellish for the couple of days she was there. And it was really and and what you said just a few minutes ago about how you really couldn't tell people because they would think you're crazy. Um, I felt the same way, and I had to pick people who I trusted to talk about it with because I knew that other they would trust me because they knew the system, but other people would say, Oh, you know, Mara's out of her mind. She's really um exaggerating or um expecting something that a doctor can't do, things like that. So exactly. did you also yeah. did you also look at hospitals?
3: We you know, listen, my mom it, that's a whole another. I did, and I do speak about that in 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 that it, when it when it when they overlapped, right? So I do mm-hmm, discuss mm-hmm. that, and and I do I do make I draw comparisons because it, the truth is that you know most most of our hospitals are run by insurance companies, so mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. and they're they're highly scrutinized because. You know, so they have their, their enforcement is slightly better. That doesn't make their, mean the care is better, but their enforcement is better, which is why someone like my mom or your mom in a hospital can get bounced in and out because their goal is to get them stable and get them out and, and spend as le- least money as they can, you know, or, or the most money and that until they can't spend anymore and then get rid of them, right? So. So they get bounced back and forth. Um, but I didn't go into the full business model of hospitals because that's a whole other nut but it does right. but but it but in the same breath they they do cross over and they do mm-hmm. play with each other, right? So so the whole we speak a lot about the hospice system which is hospice is mm-hmm. big money. Mm-hmm. And sadly death is big money. Death is a very big money maker. And, um, you know, we are saddled with ageism and ableism, which is enables all of this to happen. And ageism mm-hmm. is the last ism to have any, you know, uh, any focus, any real, like, yep. legal focus. And, you know, yep. so when you only have to look at COVID in, in, in like New York or, you know, Virginia, when they were, you know, when they, when they came out with the, the, the uh, statement that when they were low on ventilators, you know, who who's going to get vented and who isn't? Well, they couldn't take it away from disability, the people with disabilities, because there's laws against that. They can't take it away from diversity, the diverse people because there's laws against that. So who didn't get vented were the elders. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they said anybody over an age of, you know, whatever age, 65 or 70, they will not get vented to those people died right so it's so that so ageism you know plays a huge you know uh conceptually perception you know it, it, and perceptually from this, from our society you know we are very easy to say, well, they've lived eighty years, well, they've had a good life. well this, well that and and we do a lot of you know well at least, you know and yep. and and we've been we and we sort of have accepted it like we've accepted you know uh segregating our families where one time people didn't believe their family homes they didn't they you know the the younger generations took care of the elder generations but now it's acceptable it's almost like well, how can you have them in your home? Doesn't it disrupt your life? You know, like, well, what is life? You know, what, what are what are your what are your values, and how do how are we treating our our parents who cared for us when mm-hmm. we couldn't walk, and we couldn't talk, and we couldn't eat by ourselves? This is the cycle of life. It doesn't get more more real than that. So exactly, you know, right? So I was so. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a so you know because you have to ask yourself like how did we get here and how is all this horrible all these horrible things which I haven't even touched on that are happening every day like right now while you and I are talking it's happening and and yet we are going about our merry way and going to the market and going to parties and vacations and there's elder people suffering like tortured. Mm-hmm in mm-hmm. in nursing homes and 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 you know l- let me just say because I get pushed back on well Susie there's a lot of great places yeah there are great places but they're they are they are the minority and they are up Definitely. against the system and they are up against the system and all of the providers and the CNAs and our wonderful frontline providers are also up against the system and they are experiencing what what is known in the industry as moral injury they're underpaid they're overworked Mm -hmm. they're not respected they can't do their job the way they want to because they're dandling the job of you know five people Mm -hmm. and so that's why there's been an exodus of, of so many people including doctors in our in in these fields and so we're ending yes. up with under trained people people that don't really want to be there it's a side gig mhm mhm you know yep and it's a You're it's a vicious cycle right. but meantime and meantime there's there's billions of dollars being extracted from medicare and medicaid so from what did these you find what did you find
1: while doing the movie while doing this documentary what what did you uncover?
3: Well, the business model, you know, I think is, mm-hmm. you know, understaffing is the root of all, of all this evil. And, under, and, and why is it, what does it boil down to understaffing? Why is there such a, you know, a lack of, of, of proper staffing is because that's the most expensive part of any, of any company. That's your, that's your biggest nut. So where are they going to cut back on first is staffing, and you know, and then the business model, which, like as I said before, is does does mirror and mimics organized crime, and it it based you know what you've got. And I explain. I have an expert, Ernie Tosh, who is the owner of Bedford B- B- Law in Texas, who speaks at corporate, I mean at um at Congress all the time about transparency, and at the National Consumer Voice in canner, and he's been screaming for transparency because. You know, even he, as a forensic financial expert, it is so hard to find the actual owners of the corporations that are running these businesses. So they're, they've 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 buffered themselves with these other corporations mm. in between called related parties. So you've got you've got on the bottom level you've got the facilities, and now this corporate entity that we don't know who they are, and they also have bought the real estate and the management company and the vendors and mm-hmm. the, the the pharmaceuticals and and, and even the agencies the, the nursing agencies now there's a lot of nursing agencies and and so on and so on and so on well now they jack up the prices that of to, that these pe- these different entities are charging but mm-hmm. they're the ones that are making the profit off of it and then so the facilities are having to pay higher prices to the for their for their rent for their management down the line. Right. And then they, and then they say, we're in the red CMS, you know, centers for Medicare Medicaid, mm-hmm. we're in the red. We can't, we can't afford to, to, to get more, you know, to pay more staff. We're in the red. We need more money. We need more money. And, you know, and even with the most current uh, announcement of regulation for, for staffing minimums, first of all, it wasn't even up to the minimum that has been established to be the very mm-hmm. minimum, they mm-hmm. they're still pushing back the nursing home lobby, which is incredibly strong, stronger than the pharmaceutical lobby, and they're saying we can't afford it. There's no money to pay for more staffing. Well, yeah, there is, but it's going to these corporate entities, and they're buying cars and houses and going on vacations and, and yada yada yada. And and it's real simple. It's it's the it's the you know it's it's business, which is fine. You know, we live in a, in a capitalistic society, but people need to be, you know, make money. But this is, this is criminal, what's going on, because people are being tortured. So
1: the nursing home where my mom lived was a nonprofit nursing home, and they were telling us that they couldn't afford it because they don't get enough money from Medicaid part of it, too? Were they being honest about that, that they were asking for donations because
3: they were not getting enough reimbursement? You know, it depends on, you know, not all nonprofits are, are truly nonprofits. So uh, one mm-hmm. the, the private equity corporations can create nonprofits, right? And so we, you don't know what their business model really is. They, it, for, as far as Rick and I are concerned and all of the experts we talked to, there is more than enough money in, in, from Medicare and Medicaid to, pay, to, to keep somebody safe and, you know, uh, and have a quality of life that they deserve at mm-hmm. any stage of, of, of acuity. It's because as their acuity goes up, Medicare will kick in. There's all, there's all kinds of programs, you know, unless it's are being... Ex, you know, extracted from. So there is plenty of money from from these programs. You know, it, they're being depleted because these because of the greedy of greedy corporations. But there wow. there is oh, there is enough. You know when my and hospice is outrageous. Hospice you know, pe- these places. It's easier to put people you know push push them into hospice because Medicare pays anywhere from nine hundred to fifteen hundred dollars a month you get mm-hmm. that's $30,000 a month minimum, right? Who can't live on $30,000 a month? And then you then in hospice, what are what are the mandates? Keep them comfortable. Well, the aka give them morphine. And right. you know, we're not and and then they fall back on the thing that we well, we don't you know, we're not trying to keep them alive longer. We're just trying to keep them comfortable. Well, mm-hmm. some people can live for two years, three years, you know, depending on, Uh and, and so they're, 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 they're little, they're tiny little cash cows, right? And so uh, as soon as, as soon as they're become too, too labor intensive, like my mother became too labor intensive. So they basically wanted her to, to expire, and I kept mm-hmm. saying, but my mom is not ready. Why, are, why, is she not, why is she on NPO, which means nothing by mouth? Well, because it's easier for them. When you're understaffed, it's easier to keep somebody on NPO that they don't have to help feed them. They don't have to watch them. Wow. Right? Um, mm-hmm. They don't have to bring them water. And my mom is there suffering. I went every day, and they allowed me to give her liquid on a sponge, let her suck a sponge. Can you imagine the dignity of that? Mm. And and, mm. and not even the dignity. Can you imagine to be thirsty for six months? You know, and um, and, and without, yeah, it's a horrible. Now, and, let's and talk can about I just add one more thing, Mara? Okay. Okay. Can I just add, yeah, I just, add this one yeah. thing? Because and I say that because the infrastructure is so, and and why, why why are we stuck there? This is the question, you know. Because here's what you'll hear. And I, and I got this, again, I want to remind you that it's a five-star facility that's beloved here in Los Angeles, and I won't out them because I don't need to. It's my, my beef isn't with them. My beef is with the system, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, they would say to me, we understand that you're stressed out about this. If, you, if you're not happy, then you can take your mother home. Uh-huh. Well, we know that when someone is in the, you know, has those kinds of acuities, then we, we can't. And and my and, and I didn't cause a bed sore, they did from neglect. And right. she wasn't in bed, she was sitting she was in a chair. She never you know, she wasn't bedridden until the beginning of last year when the whole bed sore thing happened. So um, you know, so what and why so we're we're forced to to accept the the standard that it's become. And and that's because there is no other, there's no other choice. There's the infrastructure is, is not there. And it's only going to get worse because our elder society, our population is growing. Right.
2: So Mm -hmm.
3: we're going to have, we're not going to have that infrastructure and it's only going to get worse because the more people that they, the more, listen, that, you know, the more beds that are filled, the more money they make. But that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean the more beds they fill, the more staff they have. They have the same staff. Right. So, right. So, the more beds that are filled, the less care our loved ones mm-hmm. are getting. Mhm. Let's
1: talk about hospice a little bit. I, I want to say that um, I'm not. I'm personally, for me, I'm not knocking hospice. There are times where it really is a good thing for someone who is who is actually dying, and you know they. They give, they need the comfort, right? And I've talked to many people whose family member was in hospice and they found it to be really, really helpful. I know people who work for hospice. I have a friend who's a chaplain and she's very sincere about her job. But she has quit some of her jobs because some of the hospices she found to be unethical um, because it is a business, like you said, and not all businesses have are ethical. Mm -hmm. Um, right so but what I have seen and what I saw with my mom when she was in the hospital that there was a really big push to get her into hospice even though the doctor had said she was not dying (laughs) Um, right it was it was 50 50 so he wanted us to make the choice that she would die And I've had people say, but, you know, people don't necessarily die in hospice, they graduate. No, she would have died because they would not have given her the treatment that she needed to live. And we actually had a push to get the treatment. And she not only lived, but she had a better quality of life for the next two years than she had had for the the previous couple of years. Mm
2: So,
1: um. Mm -hmm. I had a really hard time figuring out why they were trying to make it appear, like you said, crazy. Um, They tried to make me appear crazy that I was someone who couldn't accept the reality of my mom dying, even though I knew that she wasn't dying because the doctor would see her in the morning and say, oh, she's really bad, and I would see her in the afternoon, and she would be talking to me, asking questions, about what was going on in my life, remembering everything, and telling me she's hungry, so I would bring her outside food, and at, asking me, when am I leaving here? Because I'm really bored. And, you know, I've worked Aww, with yeah. people who were dying, and they're not bored when they're in the hospital. If you're really yeah. sick, you're not bored. So what is, you, the, what is that about? Why, is it, why would a hospital is this connected to this whole thing with hospice yes. and I and mean,
3: like i said yeah exactly and your story it really paints the picture so accurately because and very very it resonates for me with my mom because you know when my mother left the hospital i asked the hard question i said you know, listen. None of us want our mommies to die, right? Most of us. We don't want our mommies to die. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, but and and you have to you know, put on your big girl pants, and and you have to get strong. And I, mem- I asked the doctor when she was on the second time she was being discharged, "Is my mom dying? Do I need to embrace this? And how much time? Do you know? I wanted to know They're everything." And he said, you know, straight out, he said, "Oh my God, you're being so dramatic." your mom is a strong woman. We're going to get her back to the base she was, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And, and let's see, you know, listen, she's not young, but you know, I'm not, she's not dying tomorrow. Okay. Like, 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 you know, cheer up basically. Right. And uh-huh. I was like, okay. And so, and, and, and I had to, and because of COVID I, I had to, it was Omicron and I was, so it was like very hard for me to, to, so when, and I, you know, there's a whole story about how she got into hospice, but, and that'll take too long. But um, she, when, you know, when, when they told me, when they kept saying that she wasn't, you know, we don't need to do this for her, we don't need to do that, suddenly they're taking her off of her blood pressure medicine, suddenly they're taking her off of a diuretic, we don't need vitamins. And I was like, what? what's going on? Slow down, everybody. Why are we acting like she's dying? And I kept saying, can we, why does she still have the feeding tube? My mom is dying to eat and dying to drink. That's what she's dying of, right? And they'd say, and the, the hospice doctor said to me, Susie, take, she had never seen her in person, by the way. She said, yeah, let's, let's just turn off the feeding tube. Your mom's not really, doesn't need to eat at this point, And we'll just keep her comfy, which wow. again, as I said before, means you know, let's give her some morphine, some versed, whatever the case may be, fentanyl, and you know, until their breathing stops, because they didn't want to. It wasn't cost effective. It's all about mm. cost at the end of the day. What is what you know? What is cost effective? Is, is are they too labor intensive? Are they you know, the, you know, is it costing us too money? Are the are these things? For instance, I'll tell you, a stage four, first of all, all, all bed sores, pressure wounds, I never even knew what one was until my mom had one. I, I had no idea, and I, and I know most people don't until they've seen one. They're horrific. Mm-hmm. They're not a bruise. Mm-hmm. They're not a sore. They are a, a, a colossal wound that, can, that goes straight down to the bone, Yep. and it's yep. horrifying, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they, they were like, they didn't want to take care of that wound because it t- takes a lot of work. And the wounds are called never events under the Centers of Medicare and uh, Medicaid. They are a never event. And also in hospitals, they're a never event, meaning that they are considered the hallmark of neglect. Because they should never mm-hmm. get you know. If, if you're laying and you get and you should always be checked for bed sores if you are bedridden or or in a wheelchair. That's one of the that's one of the first. Those are the things that you are signing up for when you know when you open up a nursing home. Those are the those are the you know you've got five things to watch out for: falls, dehydration, UTIs, you know bed sores, and 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 nutrition. Those are your mm-hmm. main things, right? And any one of those that doesn't happen are, are called never events. And you are Medicare, you don't want to report those. So those things don't get reported for the most part mm-hmm. because they go against your ratings. They go against your reimbursements, And, you know, unfortunately, our oversight sucks. So, you know, fines, if they do get a fine, are just the cost of doing business. They're so small. Wow. So there are slaps on the hands. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so, so with my mom, with the, with the bed sore, they weren't, they didn't want to bring attention to that. Let's let her pass. It's too much work. It took me, it, it, it took me eight weeks to get just a, 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 not even a wound specialist when everyone said she needed a wound specialist it was it was a nurse who took, you know took a look at her wound and debrided it which is to scrape the dead skin off which is supposed mm-hmm. to be done every day and she was only seen once oh wow in 6 months yeah and that's because it's it brings it's expensive to bring in a, a doctor and then if they have mm-hmm. and then if they want to be reimbursed by CMS they're going to be dinged they're going to be they're going to, it's going to be a red flag, so they don't want to they don't want to do it There's so many reasons, you know, which is what I get very into in the documentary um, because these are things that we should know because you said like why would, would, why were they pushing your mom into hospice because whatever whatever you were asking for, clearly it was either too labor intensive, they weren't going to get reimbursed, or a uh, you know or a combination of, of of many things that 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 you know made them decide no it's much it's easier for us let's, let's get her into hospice, we get paid more, and we do less mhm because because it's accepted to do less we're just going to keep them comfortable that's that's the that's the, the perception the you know I had a right. girlfriend whose mom was at the same facility as mine and at the same time last year. And she did not have dementia to the same age, and but she was you know she had some comorb- comorbidities, but she was also very much enjoying her the life that she had at that time and and the same hospice doctor came in and told the facility that you know she needed to move into hospice it was time and that my girlfriend said that her mother said to her i am I dying because I'm not ready to die. And, and, and when she told me that, I said, to get your mom out of there, your, the, she doesn't want to die. She's not ready. She died two days later. Mm. You know, and, and that, it's, it's, the, it's the, unfortunately, the standard that's going on. And, and we can't keep up with it because we don't know. And nobody's talking about it. And CMS is doing a horrific job of oversight and you know there's there's no there's I think there's what a couple geriatricians who are consulting with them but nearly not enough and not people that really have any experience with long-term care and so you know these decisions are made by people that have no idea what's going on like they don't know they don't know what's going on and and the lack of transparency in In the business world of the, of long term care, is is allowing all this to happen at a speed that we as as caregivers can't keep up with. We can't. They're, it's impossible. We're up against you know this huge, first of all, deep pockets and mm-hmm. huge you know and and infrastructure that that is solid, you know. It, because it's about it's about making money it's it's all about making money it's a business so it's, it's
1: what what can family members do if they have somebody living in long term care um, did Did you come to any
3: conclusions from this but yeah i'm well sadly here's the thing if you have someone that you love and you can be there you have to be there no you cannot leave your loved one alone in these places they will not you know if if you must you Mm -hmm. must oversee everything you must be a voice and be a big voice and be loud and and i had to learn like i did i you can't care if you're being a pest or if they don't like you who cares you know, right. I, I, right. I, I I used to get my feelings hurt because I'd come in and I'd go, hi, good morning, hi. And I would get the cold shoulder or they would like, you know, roll their eyes
0: and, uh-huh. you know,
3: or and tell me, you know, oh, we need to change your mom, get out of the room. And it, what? Why, why do I need to get out of the room? you You have to get out of the room when legally I didn't have to, but, you know, I didn't want to, I, I, you know, you feel like the, the retaliation is very real and you feel scared mm-hmm. or are they going to be mean to my mom when I'm not there? And so, right. oh, you know, yeah. but, but you have to be so, you have to be there and you have to choose your battles, obviously, because we're forced to have to choose our battles because we can't, you know, we can't hold them accountable, unfortunately yet. So, To answer your big question and that's a giant question (laughs) and this is what I'm dealing with with my documentary and you know listen there's there's so many wonderful um, organizations that have been around like I said for decades like the Great Panthers and canner up in in Northern California and you know and of course our partners the National Consumer Voice for quality long-term care Mm -hmm. who have been you know talking about the, the solutions forever, but because the, the, the nursing home lobby is so strong and because there's this, you know, such, such a a large amount of money that is generated from, from the elder care business, we can't rely on our legislators anymore. We can't rely on the advocacy that we, we would, you know, expect to be, um, uh, you know, like uh, result in change because mm-hmm. the traditional the advocacy has been, been going on by, by incredible people for years and years and decades and decades. So it's not working. And why is that? Because the nursing home lobby is in bed with a lot of the politicians and Congress and legislators. And, and that's how it works. We all know how lobbies work, right? So what can we do as, as a population like, and I know this sounds pie in the sky, but we have to have a movement. We have to have a collective conscious change and a shift in in, in how we think. And it has to be a public shift. It has to be a movement. It has to be like Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter. It has to be like the Me Too movement. We have to tell, you know, and I'm going to use California as an example. We have to tell Gavin Newsom, who's got his eye on the presidency, we see you. We know what you're doing. You haven't done anything you know in a in in a significant way to change the nursing home industry and you and we we the currency we have is is ourselves as constituents mm-hmm. that's the currency mm-hmm. we have And so, and I mean that, I don't mean that because I'm not, you know, listen, I'm not, I'm not that girl. I'm not that, you know, I don't, I, I, am not, I promise you, but I really, at the end of the day, like we have to, we have to advocate loud and, and, you know, uh, aggressively in, in terms, not, not aggressive that way, but aggressive in terms of our opinion. And it has Mm -hmm. to be a, a public, a public outcry. It must be me because up. it's only going to be. Sign me up, Right I'll, I'll You're be there. You are. <laughs> please, you must. I mean, we need, we need, you know, T-shirts and hats and signs and the whole bit, and then we need to tell our politicians we understand the business model and we're not putting up with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: We will not put mm-hmm. up with it, and we're not going to vote for you, and we're not going to support you and until you support us. Yeah. And and I, and that's I what's agree. going on. And and our elders are not expendable and they're not throwaways and they they deserve to to exit the world with dignity and with quality, the best quality that they can and and, and on their terms. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And they don't deserve to be warehoused and and unfortunately that's what's going on. Our elders are being warehoused.
2: Mhm. Yes.
1: And and it hasn't changed. You know, I started working in nursing homes as a psychologist in the 90s. And it's the same. It hasn't
3: changed. And that's but sad, Mara. It's very sad. It's very sad. It's heartbreaking. Sad. And, it's, and, and, and all the talk, like I'm saying these words to you and I'm saying them to your audience. And I know, but I know that I didn't really, really understand it till I lived it to see mm-hmm. the the absolute torture that our loved ones are going through. And and, you know, even it and, and if it's not everybody, one is too much. But the major you know, it is it is it is a huge percentage and and, mm-hmm. and it's it's unacceptable. It just it is, it's unacceptable. I can't it's hard for me to you know, I'm I'm as I edit and I keep looking at these visuals and I it's difficult to look at it. It, it hurts me I to bet. my core. But I but bet. you know, and I keep saying, Susie, don't buckle because and don't buckle against people saying, mm-hmm. you know, this is just your mom's story. This is the, you're just a you know, you're 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 missing your mommy. You 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 know, you're not you know, you, you, you don't have a life and it's like, you know, you have to let all that stuff bounce off of you. Cause some people just don't want to know. Some people would rather not know mm-hmm. it's easier. It's easier. Absolutely. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it, but we can't because guess what? It's one day it's going to be you. That's right.
1: <laughs> That's right. We're all going to get there if we're lucky enough to live that long.
3: Right so, and and, and yeah. yeah, and we we spend so much time like be, trying to be healthy and exercising and eating well and you know all, all these you know vitamins and supplements we take, and then what, what to what end y'all right like to what end that you're gonna live, and then God forbid you end up vulnerable and you are reliant. And it's not just, by the way, it's not just old people. I have some, some younger folks in my documentary who are vulnerable and who are reliant mm-hmm. on long-term care, and it is no different for them. If anything, right. if, if anything, it's, it's harder because they're vocal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so, you know, if, if, not for, if not for our elders, think about yourself. And if not about yourself, think about the fact that you're paying for this is coming out of your paycheck. Right. So we're paying for other people to make money that we, you know, listen, if it's not going to these people, then why are we even paying for it? Because why do we need mm-hmm. to buy these other people nice homes? I'd rather buy myself a nice home.
1: That's right. <laughs> um,
3: right? Yeah. So, so Susie, um, yes. let's
1: talk about how listeners can find out about your movie and, and how they can
3: help to launch it <laughs> wonderful so we we are you know we've been uh we've raised all the money ourselves we're still raising money to as we finish you know we need we need to get you know clearances and legals and, and all and we're still finishing editing we still need we still need financing We're we're so if you are and it's all if you are so inclined to support this that way you can go to the National Consumer Voice, um, their website, and there's right on the, on the landing page, there's a link there. And, and any donation is tax deductible because they are a nonprofit, 501c3. They've they retained a portion of it to, to help support their advocacy, which is phenomenal. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, really phenomenal. And um, you can support us that way. So the faster we can get this out, that's why I'm working every day on this. And um, but I feel, I feel such an urgency to get this out. Um, and mm-hmm. then when we, when we, when we launch, you know, uh, just, you know, sign up, go to our website, which is on GoGirlMedia, www.GoGirlMedia.com. And you can find the page, which is No Country for Old People. You can sign up to be for the um, newsletter and we can keep you posted on, on the progression and our progress of, of, um distribution and you know and then we'll I can keep you posted on how you can support and, and get the word out and also if, you know if you want to help create some rallies and movements and get out there and be and you know organize these kinds of um, events I that would be incredible I'm, I'm already organizing you know some uh, a group of people to help once we launch so that we're ready to go because we you know I want to I, I don't want to um, waste the moment, you know, like we get, you get one chance sometimes when you have get people's attention. So I want to, if we've got people's attention, I want to make sure that we, we make good use out of it. And, you know, I hope, I hope that this movie touches your heart because it's not an expose more as much as it is a love story. Mm-hmm. And that you know, and that that you will relate to the love and and the beauty and the joy of 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 my mom who was you know loved life more than life itself, you know and mm-hmm. Had, mm-hmm. just was an incredible human being, and um one of my favorite people, and I miss her and i'm I'm angry that she had to mm-hmm. exit the way she did. I'm proud of her. And I hope that she's proud of me and that I hope that she is okay about me sharing the story, which I'm doing with the most delicate respect that I can, um, because I want other people not to go through this.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she is.
3: Um, I, I think so. I hope she's up there guiding me. And, you know, okay. I... There's so many uh, and you know I say this all all the time, and I say it in my documentary this this is not just my mom's story, it's all of our stories mhm and you know there are what is what does you know, Ros- Rosalind Carter say about she was an amazing advocate for caregivers right yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that there's only there's three kinds you're either a caregiver or a care receiver or you know and um uh You're either going to receive care, give care or get care. Right. So something like that. But I mean, we're all there. At one point or another, we will be there.
1: So are you planning to do more in this series? Is this a series or is this a a standalone documentary?
3: Funny you should ask that, Mara, because <laughs> <laughs> we, I, this this project started out as a, as a as a documentary film, and as I've gotten into it, you know, we we have close to five hours to, edited, and which means, you know, I really have enough material to do a docu series, which I think is is really important. So our goal is to to get a film out first that really really just highlights what's going on so that every, so that we can get something moving in terms of, of a shift of, of, of consciousness and, and then, you know, use the rest of everything that we have, the details of it to educate with a docu series. So that, that's the goal,
2: Mm
3: -hmm. which it wasn't the goal to begin with, but you know, creativity is fluid, right?
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. That sounds great. I think it's, Really, it's so important because, um, you know, we live in a culture that really idolizes youth, and once people get older, um, you know, a lot of people don't want to even pay attention, and don't even want to know about any of this. And I think it really needs to be brought out to their attention so that they have to see it. Like, you know, this is really happening. Um, so it's really, I'm. Really,
3: you're so- right. You're right. And it really is happening. And, and and it's so sad that we don't value our elder population because I love them so much. Like I learned, I, you know, I, I, if you listen to my podcast, you know, I, I always talk about all the people that I met through my mom's journey who became mm -hmm. my good friends. They were in their nineties, and some close to a hundred, and I I look forward to seeing them all the time. And I had a I had a man that was in love with me. He was ninety five, Jack. I talk about him all the time. He was, you know, and he was, such a, he was like, I'm gonna marry you someday, Susie Singer Carter. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I loved you, and I said, I know you do, Jack. I love you too. But you know, you know, there's a lot to to learn and to be and to feel so. It's such, you know, I got more out of those relationships than I know they got from me. That's, that's mm-hmm. a for sure. That's a for mm-hmm. sure.
1: So how can so. people hear your podcast? Is that on, um, is that on Apple Podcast? It,
3: Everywhere. Yeah, okay. we're, and your favorite podcast platform, and we also do videos, so we're on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, Love Conquers All. We have such good, great, you know, re- interviews, um, all kinds of um all, all positive, you know. We I look at it. It comes out of my, our my short film that I did with Valerie Harper, which was based on a day in the life when my mom was living with me, called My Mom and the Girl, and it was mm. really trying to, to present a joyous look at of Alzheimer's. And then we were Oscar qualified. We went to Cannes. We won multiple awards, and it was Valerie Harper's wow. just incredible performance, and she embodied my mother and. Um, and it was her last performance. So if you haven't seen it, you can find it on Apple or Amazon or PBS, and um, it's 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 worth watching. It's a it's a short, it's twenty minutes, but it's it's really beautiful and funny. And but that's how the podcast came out of that because I wanted to keep this positive, you know, perspective. I, I wanted to get rid of the stigma, and so mm-hmm. I started mm-hmm. doing the podcast and. We um, we actually won best podcast in 2020, the the year that I like the year wow. I started it. So, and um and it's just been a, a joy to me to keep that conversation going. So, well, I yeah. will post all of that on my website. Post
1: about this show. So I'm going to get all those Wonderful. links and put it all there so people can can find it there in one place. Um, thank you so much. Susie for being on this program and um and for doing what you're doing. And let's please stay in touch because I really this I really feel passionate about it and then I know you do too. Obviously you're very passionate about it. So it's great to meet somebody of like minds and let Yeah. So let's stay in touch and, and best of Love luck you. with the launch of this. Of this film I know that that's a big a big thing so thank you thank you so
3: much and and thank you to your audience for listening and supporting and we will definitely be in touch and and um I can't thank you enough for for giving me a platform to talk about it
1: all right well you have a very good evening and um and good luck thank you (laughs) I can't wait to see the movie Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. All right. So we've come to the end of another program, and that was a great one, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. So I want to let you know that the rest of the month of December we'll be playing some of our favorite shows as encores while we prepare for some new and exciting changes and shows in the new year. So we wish you all a very happy holiday, whichever of the holidays that you might celebrate and a happy new year, and we'll be back here in the new year live. Uh, But meanwhile, go and listen to some of our old shows, listen to the encores that we put up for Sunday evenings, and if you want to hear tonight's program again and get the information from this show, um, go to my website com and all of that will be posted along with the podcast later tonight and you can also hear tonight's program in five minutes from now by going directly to blog talk radio blog talk radio.com slash your golden years and you can also hear it on apple Podcasts. and be sure to follow me on facebook for upcoming shows and events, Dr. Mara Karpel, Your Golden Years. This evening's program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment and Psyched Up Productions. And thank you to my guest, Susie Singer-Carter, and thank you to Art. Thank you to Thank you all for listening. And have a peaceful night and inspiring few weeks. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe.
0: Flying so high now, shows a man where to
2: fish. Watch me send it, he lies in his hammock. Teach his stories how to live, and he knows how to live.
0: thunder high in that mountain. Watch the clouds rolling in.
1: Senorita, they dance on that shoreline, making plans for that
2: kiss. And they know how to kiss. They say that we're one hour behind.
0: But the Senor read us to keep us in time, that part B.C.T. just flows through my mind,
1: It
0: takes me back to my place, Puntamita time. Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpel is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpel, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any information on this program.